You're listening to the BU Hockey Show on WTBU Sports. Welcome to episode 27 of the BU Hockey Show, the John Copeland episode. Also, the Brady Kachuk and Doyle Summerby episodes on the men's side. Yep. On the women's side, the Nara Elia, Jordan Geron, and Tara Watchhorn episode. It's a really strong list. It is a very strong list. It's worthy week. of a playoff week. It's just not worthy of this playoff yeah, week. Yeah, <laughs> like you got Elia and Watchhorn, two of the better players in the women's team's history. Jordan Geron played pro, didn't have the most dazzling career at BU, but still a very quality player in her own right. Mm. She was with the Buffalo Buttes last season. Wow. Kachuk, obviously captain of the Senators. Summer B working his way around in the AHL right now, I believe. And nice. Copeland had himself a nice little run this season. He had a great little run. Yeah. Talk, maybe like, what, they don't do the uh, the sixth player or whatever? Seventh player. Seventh player? That would have been John Copeland this year. May have been John Copeland. It's John Copeland or Ty Vinny Gallagher. Like, there's, a, there's a lot of ways you could go with that. Maybe we'll get into that in I the think future. Those, yeah, we got to do our end of year superlatives. Maybe next week on a lighter note. Yeah, we're going to need plenty of topics to get us up to probably episode 30. It seems like a good target. Well, yeah, I was thinking. We're going to need like, something we, to fill like, time. We, like, we'll have a couple <laughs> off-season episodes, I thought. Yeah. Then off-season, then bring, Always. potentially bring it back next year. Exactly. Well, you hear us mentioning off-season... And that is because yeah, the offseason the the off is here at Boston University. The Terriers dropping out in the quarterfinals of Hockey East by a score of 3-1 to one at UConn this past Saturday. They are too low in the pairwise to make any sort of back into the tournament. They are obviously out of contention in the conference. It's over. Yeah, it's I, done. I saw some like national and local people being like likely ending BU season. Likely. And it's, it's over, guys. It's over. It's over. Which is kind of nice. Rip the Band-Aid. Yeah, like, I'd, I I'd rather not have to scoreboard watch every single day. I didn't like that feeling last year. No. Because you lose in the quarterfinals there, by the way. Two years in a row, losing in the quarterfinals. Ouch. Unceremoniously. Yeah. Not barely putting up a fight. But then you have to watch for a weekend or two to just hope that you're going to back into the national tournament, which they did. And so you hope that, you know... <laughs> I guess it's easier now that they don't have to uh, do that. As I sorry, I'm, Pat, I'm sorry, Patrick. I'm trying to help the folks with their ear holes. It, it really uh, doesn't make that much of a difference. <laughs> okay, he's drinking a lemonade. We're not sponsored. Can't tell you what it is. I've never heard of this. It looks Calypso. Nice. It looks really Taste nice. of the islands. All right, maybe we will be sponsored. Real lemon bits shake well. Original lemonade. Well, I was trying to help the. It's rather tasty. Doesn't matter. Talking about the team. Um, yeah, last year we had to kind of wait around, hope that they made the national tournament, which they did didn't last very long but it was still fun thank god we had that experience then because we're certainly not getting it this year it's sad yeah (laughs) it kind of stings it's uh kind of like i texted you guys on saturday night like not mad not disappointed you know just sad yeah it's over and that's almost of those three options it's almost the worst one to feel it is yeah it is over the way you put it, something significant just being over. Yeah, just done. And especially for us as seniors, like uncharted territory. Well, that's why, that's Where do why we go it's from here? so sad. The last few right. years, it's like, oh, well, like last year too, like next year, like we saw the potential last year. Yeah. Or like next year, you know, another good recruit class. Obviously didn't quite work out between Doyle and Boucher. Mm. Um, but on the whole, good recruit class, you know, juniors, even the sophomores become juniors, even more experienced. You know, you had the flashes in. Yep. Frozen fours in Boston. Frozen fours in Boston. We had said since freshman year, three opportunities to win a trophy on home ice our freshman year or out at the garden. Yeah. Our senior year. Yeah. Beanpot, hockey's national championship. They went one for three, which ain't bad in baseball. No. <laughs> Let's go with that. It's, it's on the whole it one for three. 
it could be much worse. It could be over three, which is what Northeastern. Oh, oh no, you've, you've jinxed it. We got more to talk about later on about like conference um, semifinals and finals, and of course, like holistic views of the season. Yeah, but we should stick with just the game itself. And we'll both be at the hockey's championship in Frozen Four, so we'll have plenty. Can't of keep content. us away. We'll have national. Cl- yeah. You can't keep us down for long. <laughs> We're back. Well, can't keep a terrier down for long. Nah, nope. you can't do it. Uh, although apparently you can. <laughs> BU trailing the length of the game essentially. Yeah, uh, they were. Drew Camesso made 17 first period saves, but it was ultimately not enough. Uh, they gave up one goal in the first, another one in the second. Camesso made nine saves that period. Third period, BU turned it on a little bit, got one back. Tom Fensori on the power play. Jerry and Hansen had to play, make 19 saves in the third. You felt like you were right there. Pull the goalie, empty netter. And that was that 3-1 loss at UConn to end the season. See, I never really felt like it was right there. Oh, I felt like it was right there. No, I, mean, I, I know you, you texted at intermission. They're down 2 nothing. You ever see a team score twice in one period? I sure have. They I almost sure did. have. It, it just didn't feel like it, you know? I don't, I don't know. Like that's just a that's just a pessimist in me that I've had all first semester on the show about this team, and I, they've given me no reason to have. I guess aside from the bean pot, but they never trailed in either of those games. So, like, I really don't have any reason to believe that they could have come back from a deficit after what I've seen the last four years, and just like it, just like Albie, pretty much paraphrasing what Albie said in his post game, it was just way too little, way too late, and you start the game off horribly. Awful start to the game. Um, and, you know, UConn gets on the board, as they should have, multiple times in the first period, but Camesso keeps it to one. They get another one in the second. You had pockets of good play in the second, and then UConn's content to just pack it in, yep. take rely on Hanson to make their saves, which I wouldn't expect why he wouldn't. I don't yeah. see why you would expect him to not make the saves. He was great all game, especially in that first period. Great all year. On the whole, he's been great all year, having one of the best seasons of his career, if not the best. So, like, for for it to finally take the third period to have a push, even then, you're reliant on a lot of point shots, shots from the outside, when there were chances in the middle, you didn't get to the second chance opportunities, and UConn's content to just loop it into neutral ice and make you regroup and force you to go offside a bajillion times yeah. in the third period. Like, it just is way too wet, little, way too late. And whether it was this Saturday, the main loss, the BC loss, even those wins at Maine and BC, it was just returning to first semester form, playing as individuals and not as a team, and not getting it done when it mattered most. Yeah. Well, we knew they were streaky, and we knew that they sometimes had trouble playing from behind. But I don't like all this commentary about, oh, they didn't show up. They were sleepwalking the whole game. They thought they were still on the bus. You know, they didn't I mean, want to win. If, if what do you, you mean they didn't want to win? I, I hate hearing I'm that. not saying that, I mean, no, how, you're how not can saying you possibly that say they didn't want to win? Other folks are saying like, that it like, was bugging me earlier. But Like, I don't know how you can possibly say they didn't want to win, but first exactly. period, sure played like it. Um, no, which, go, which isn't to say they didn't. But first period in a playoff game, you're, you're freaking Boston University. Yeah, well, that's the problem here. Well, well that's saying you're, you're, that. Well, it's the, it's the tone in which... There's two tones you can say. It's like, oh, we're Boston University. We have this in the bag. Or we're Boston University. We should own this. And we should play like we're Boston University. Yeah, but UConn's not UConn. Like, they're not the same team that has gone They're the ice bus. The they're not UConn. They're the ice bus. Exactly. That's their identity. They don't... Their identity is national development program. I guess that's true. This is just next step for those guys. It's a stepping stone. 
which maybe that's changing because finally, guys, like this is completely off topic, but it sounds like guys are staying aside from one. We'll get to that. Nice little teaser there, though. Yeah. Um, yes, it, things have changed, certainly, since the days when UConn was new to Hockey East. Mike Cavanaugh couldn't buy a playoff win, all that. Like, that's not the same UConn team you just played, and so I think we need to keep that in mind. Yes, BU is slash should be BU, duh, but UConn isn't the same, like, doormat that maybe they have I'm not, been. I'm not saying they were. I think I'm people saying, expect that when, like, people are, I feel like, acting like BU lost to a UVM, a Maine, a UNH. No, I'm not, I'm not no. saying that at all. I think, it, in a weird way, people almost would have been more okay with BU losing to, like, BC than UConn, just based on the name, when in reality, UConn's a great team, well, having a great year. They've figured it out defensively, because it used to be the mark against them, right? That, oh, they put up a ton of goals, but they're going to give up a ton, too. Well, not anymore. With the goalie playing as a career year right now for Darian Hansen, and with the defense that they've put together, the team defense, Jakim Kondalik, Defensive Player of the Year, he played probably half of the third period. Like... They have figured it out, figured out ways to close teams out, and that's kind of what happened. Like yeah, you look at some of the stats too, by like, the way. BU and UConn exactly identical through the duration of the season in basically every statistical category. Both of them, the entire season, had one thousand one hundred twenty-one shots. How likely is that? Yeah, and we they sat- were eight shots apart on shots at goal against. I'm sorry, but it's just it's annoying yeah. how like people expected yeah. BU should just walk all over them. No, no it's a game. Uh-huh. It's like. You beat UConn uh, twice on home ice. You don't think they're going to push you back? You don't think it's going to be a close game? It was all close games against UConn all year, except the 5-1 loss at home. But you just have to know, like, it's going to be a good game. That's my point. Sorry. Go ahead. No, and, like, we sat here last week saying UConn was the our, our ideal matchup, but that wasn't to say they had it in the bag. No. It was, in, like, you felt good about your chances, but it wasn't guaranteed by any stretch of the imagination. And I feel like for our crop of, I guess, our generation – of BU following, like we've seen UConn be a pretty entertaining team and a yeah. pretty formidable team, and this year it's finally coming together. So it's not like they should have rolled over and died at the hands of the mighty Terriers, right? But at the same time, there was no chance, there was no reason why BU shouldn't have won that game. Yeah, but BU didn't roll over and die at the hands of the mighty Huskies. No, they, right? Well, f- first period they did. Which first is, period they got punched in the face and they started panicking. Well, yeah, that's, I would say that's there really was really all it comes down to. I think there was an element of panic. Through the entire game of not necessarily, well, let's not do something wrong. But I think there was a little bit of running around, getting out of the system. I think UConn, oh, oh, now the, the lemonade maybe makes a noise here. <laughs> I think, like, yeah, little too much running around, even late in the game when BU was trying to get back into it, even with a goalie pulled, it felt like panic. So I don't know how you can possibly spin this into feeling good about the way they play. Of course. I Like, it they was, had a, like, they played well enough to win. I don't even win. know if it's they got goalied because at that point, like you, like we said this, UConn knew the push was coming. Hanson was ready. Like, Can I say that they were the worst team on the ice, but they played well enough to win? Can we do that? Is, is zone time and shots from the perimeter <laughs> really making BU the best team? No. I think, I think for about half the game... Each team, like each team, can claim half the game as part mean. of the game. They were good. That's what I mean. But that doesn't mean BU sh- like, like I can't say they did like should have won because again we just said like there's no reason why BU shouldn't have won that game going into it, mm-hmm. going into it. I don't know. It's just frustrating, especially when you had you have good chances marred by offsides, just all all dumb mistakes that. I mean, you freaking won the bean pot. Like, okay. you, you know how to win. Yeah. Or at least we thought you did. Well, they n- 
played it in front a lot in the bean pot, at yeah. least in the semifinal. That was kind of the key. They relied on the power play pretty heavily in that semifinal. Didn't really get that many chances. Didn't get anything out of the power play down the stretch. I mean, they had one power play in the final game there against UConn, right? Oh, you got the stat sheet? He has the paper stat sheet. Two power plays. You scored on one of them. Who is... Wait, both in the third period? One in the first. Oh, no, that, that was, was matching. Uh, yeah, that was matching. Right, so one power play late in the game, and you scored on it. I think it was, as we know, it was a really talented power play unit, and the fact that they didn't get more opportunities certainly didn't help. So, All right, I shouldn't say you didn't get anything, but... Right. I mean, it was re- like, you look at where your power play was, Beanpot semis, Providence win, first half of the semester, and you were just blazing hot, and then it really just died. Yeah. A little too reliant, maybe, on the power play. Maybe that's yeah. the... the point against there but I mean you got a great game out of Drew Comesso 33 saves he was huge in that first period kind of had a self-inflicted wound on one where he banked it behind his net directly onto a UConn stick and then had to make a sliding save across um, and so it could easily been well over one nothing um, in that first period he kept you in it but I don't know I th- like based on how the game went I'm not disappointed with how they- I'm disappointed in the result I'm not disappointed how they played like there's a fine line there and that's kind of what I'm here on the therapist couch, like what I'm convincing myself. But the focus is that the result is disappointing. Like, like that's what it comes there's, down there's to. There's positives to take away. That I'm doesn't with, matter I'm anymore. I'm with you on that. But in the grand scheme of things, they may, they mean nothing. You put yourself in yeah. a massive hole with that slow start, even though it was a one nothing lead. And two nothing felt like a mountain. Yeah, that's that's Based the on whole, how the game was that's going. That's the whole problem. The very premise of my problem is that 2 nothing felt like you had to climb Mount Everest. Yeah. I would agree with that. Like, I think that's what it boils down to. The, that is this entire stretch of what we've been going back and forth about. Mm-hmm. That 2 nothing felt like a mountain, which is a massive problem. I would agree. But it means nothing in the grand but scheme. But credit to BU because they played the entire game. Like, they, they did stick in it. They did make a comeback. They played it just the entire short. second. Yeah, the, the final 50 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> or um, the yeah, entire final 40 minutes. Yeah, basically. But it wasn't 7-2 UMass Lowell over Merrimack. No. Like, people, I feel like people are acting like it was like that. And it wasn't. But realistically, it doesn't matter because BU and Merrimack like both got knocked out within 10 minutes of each other or whatever it was. Yeah. Right? So it's all results-oriented. And at the end of the day, it's a quarterfinal loss, like we said, second year in a row. So here's my question for you, Patrick. Back September, first week of October preseason, if you had said BU's going to win the bean pot, but they're going to go on the road for the hockey's quarterfinals and get knocked out, and they're not going to have a chance in the national tournament, what would your reaction be? Would, would, you, would you take that if that was the result? Think it. Give an opportunity for the fans at home. To at think, the, as well. think about that. I have my. I mean, if I if I go back, not trying to forget what I know now, I say yes. I don't take it. I don't take it. No. No. It's like it's like one of those things where if you were to t- completely start the game of hockey from scratch, what would you do? <laughs> not okay. knowing what you know now, like okay. like goalies could have two blockers. Would their equipment even look like that? Because you know what, a, what the equipment looks like. So. What do goalies even look like? All right, we're getting off topic Anyways, there. <laughs> but that's just, that you have to play that mu- that brain exercise with yourself. You have to try you to don't completely know what block out what you know now. So yeah. I would not take that. You don't know that Comesso went to the Olympics. But if you had known that in September, you would have said, wow, and they won the bean pot? Yeah. But you also don't know that they lost so many players due to injury in the first half. 
And well, maybe that kind of explains well, how this. No, no, no. If so, if actually, actually, if you told me because you said you also added the caveat of no shot shot in the national tournament, I actually would take that because of the, the trophy. Really? Well, no, I'm not saying that we knew in September they had no chance in a national. No, no, tournament. no. You said if I were, if I were to tell you, to, like you at the end of the you, season, you said no, 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 no. They would not no, play no, a national no, tournament no, no, game. No, 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 no. You said if if you were to be told, not knowing what you do now, that they made won the bean pot. Bounced on the road in the hockey's quarters. No shot at the national tournament. Right. I would take that for the trophy because we, we were yet to win one. And you we talked about at the beginning of the oh. season how we wanted the trophy. So you would have figured, hey, it sounds like it was a pretty bad year. Give me the bean pot. Yes. Interesting. So I was thinking of it more on the, the big picture, like the grand scheme of all oh, of it. Absolutely. Well, no. Personally, yes. Selfishly, I would take the trophy. Trophy's huge. And, and getting we, the bean pot, it does... Like, that's what we'll remember from this season. Like, looking back on our senior year at BU and all that. Yeah, we and, hopefully and that's what we keep we'll saying. At least we pot. have the bean pot. They hopefully. can't take that away from us. At least we have the bean pot. They can't take that away from us. At least we have the bean pot. They can't take that <laughs> away from us. I'm going to get that on a tattoo on my Rolling in our head over kneecap. and over. <laughs> I'll get a tattoo on my wrist so I see it all the time. At least we have the bean pot. Can't <laughs> take, just the number 69 for the 69th bean nice. pot. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I guess that's true. Like, we would have just taken a trophy. But... Also, given the expectations, Isa, they were going to win Hockey East. One of your predictions was they're going to go four. to the Frozen Four. Frozen Four. <laughs> like, we were, hey, the, hey, the sky was the limit. Technically, we're going to be at the Frozen Four, so therefore, yeah. BU, by the transitive property, is at the Frozen think Four. Think about that. You just didn't think it'd be on the ninth floor. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, you take the trophy out of this season, duh. But also, given the hopes that we had, and maybe some of them were... A little romanticized by the whole senior year bust and like Frozen Four, all that. But also, I think it was reasonable given where we thought the team was headed, and it just didn't pan. I mean, they were flipping tenth on the country going into the season, and it ends like this. Unfortunately, we've kind of seen the movie before, a little bit. Yeah, I I mean, on the balance, that's an an Albie buzzword. On balance, on balance, from. First semester woes to now, nothing changed. You got hot in the middle to kind of level everything out. Do you think they were a 19-13-3 team? No. They, they should have been worse? a 24. Whoa. Oh, should have been. Should have been a 24-9-3 team. Yeah. Good math. You get an extra win out of that UMass Lowell sweep. You sweep Sacred Heart. And you don't blow it up at Merrimack. And you get a win out of one of those Northeastern games. And you beat Maine. <laughs> yeah, and you beat Maine. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you really, you were like a 25. You would have liked. A 25. How uh, it could have been different. Yeah. Yeah, you were really a 20, 25-7-3 team. Should have been. Four of the first half losses were by one goal. And obviously they were below 500 through much of the first half. So you think about how it could be different. I guess that's what we'll always be left with. Or if you look at the first semester and what we, I think we went through every game, win, win or loss. Then we say they would sweep UConn. They'd sweep Sacred Heart. They'd sweep Merrimack. They'd split Lowell, sweep Northern Michigan. I mean, yeah, on paper, sure. But that's not how hockey goes. That's why they play the game. Yeah, but like if you look at those and you put them in a vacuum, sweep, split, 
You would think. Opposite sweep. Yep. Oh, well. They only swept UNH of all conference series. What a joke. It's kind of crazy. That's just how how the season was. It was a roller coaster. Kind of we've we've become become accustomed to it. Thankfully, yeah, I can't say I'm surprised, which is the worst thing. What I was trying to say to be hopeful was that if there are two times to play your best hockey of the season, it's the first two weeks of February and the first two weeks of March. They did it in the first two weeks of February, so at least we got one. And they did it for one week of March, if that. If you want to take that. I mean, BC the, technically at the, in February. They did it on the first day of March, or whatever, the first four, fourth day of March, uh, the 5-1 win against Maine. Uh, BC yes. was February, the second to last day of February. So, yeah, they've gone one and two in the month of March. If you think about that. They beat Maine and then lost to Maine and UConn. Oh, I thought we were just yeah. going silent, so it would make that easier to cut the door sound. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Authentic. We got lemonade, we got door. Okay. What now? What now? <laughs> That's kind of what we're all the thinking. hat. That's what I mean. That we got the bean pot hat. They're at the bookstore, folks. Thirty-five bucks yeah, on a hat. File it under necessary expenses that's like what, gas these days. That's what groceries. I did. Yeah, we got what we we got what we needed. We move forward, and there's been some off-season news already, Patrick. Some off-season news already. I was kind of waiting for these dominoes to fall. It really seems like it's today. Drew Hellison, Mark I mean that, McLaughlin. That's the, that's the reason we waited. To do a podcast on Tuesday after a Saturday game. Yeah. It's certainly not because we just had forgotten about it. And not, I mean, forgotten about the result. Like, try to ignore it. Like, compartmentalize. Short. Put it in a box. Anyways, the news. Yeah. As of today. The Chicago Blackhawks have signed Alex Vlasic to a three-year entry-level contract. I'm trying to find the AAV. No, it's probably standard. 925, right? Mm, I mean, yeah. Hellison was in the eights. Um, oh, he did sign? Here. Yes. I believe Hellison was in the eights. 824,167 824, salary cap hit. Okay. That might be identical to McLaughlin and Hellison. Yeah, BC loses another two. I guess that was oh, expected. Oh, wait, no. So McLaughlin. cap friendly has the cap hit at 916.67. But the first mm. number was directly from the Blackhawks. Okay. I'd go with the Blackhawks. Yes, his cap it is 824,167. So good for Alex Flash. Chicago native or Illinois native. Is he really? Yeah. Wow. Will met Illinois. Nice. Flasic is scheduled to arrive in Chicago tomorrow and will join the Blackhawks Thursday. Originally selected 43rd overall in Wait 2019. Wait a minute. The Blackhawks Blackhawks? Yes. He is going to play in Chicago. Wow. Yep. Man, they're playing the Bruins tonight. Yep, he will join them tomorrow and play oh. Thursday. Oh, so close. Quote, it's rare to find a player of Alex's skill level and size, and we look forward to him continuing his development path with our club, said Blackhawks general manager Kyle Davidson. Yep. His steady development at Boston University was noticeable and encouraging as we chart his future with our team. I know Alex shares our excitement in bringing him back home to Chicago to begin his professional hockey career. Alex has three family members with ties to the sport. His sister, oh. Emma was captain at Yale and currently plays for the Connecticut Whale of the PHF. Really? Brother Eric, named 2016 Player of the Year with the Chicago Blackhawks Special Hockey Program. His cousin, Mark Edward Vlasic, currently plays for the San Jose That's his cousin? That is his cousin. Holy moly. I I didn't know about his sister or his brother. That's incredible. Actually, no. I remember hearing about his sister a couple years, like last year or something. The Whale. Yes. Speaking of Whale, 
I can't believe I could ever get tired of Brass Bonanza, but I did. Yeah, that put me <laughs> in a tough spot because I love Brass Bonanza. Yeah. But, you know, I said after the game, I never envisioned my last game as part of student media being at the hands of Brass Bonanza. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's a great song well that was the last song that alex Vlasic heard in his college career i thought he had a good game like i thought he played well yeah he was he was active offensively yeah I he was solid i mean i think like that's what you can remember like from last year was the offensive development because he's always been really good defensively even as a freshman yes was. but last year Just you saw the, the goals a little bit this year you saw it kind of he was robbed of got him definitely one goal for sure um, well, he scored two, two in the one game that got called back. Yeah, um, yeah, and you know he had he had chances, and yeah, you know, what really charred out is, um, his comfort level with the puck, I suppose, his poise with mm. the puck. Yeah, um, that was the most noticeable difference because skating was there, defensive was there. Obviously, had to grow into his body, which seems like he has mostly. So I felt like he did as a freshman. Yeah, like he's, he that's got better never as been the a year concern. went on. Yeah. Um, I think we've questioned the early departures at times in our career. I, mean, I don't think you this can, one, like you we, can't question this one. This one we said from the beginning of the year, yeah. he was the guy. He's the guy. And it's too bad that he missed some time. Obviously didn't go to the main trip. Missed, um, the, missed the beanpot final. There was something. I think he missed games earlier this year. So, you know, he wasn't exactly the the rock of the defense. Like maybe you expected him to be at the start of the year especially as an assistant captain. Um, but when he was out there, I mean, he was what you expected him to be pretty much. Mm-hmm. So can't complain too much. Thank you for your service, Alex. See you in Chicago, I guess. Thursday, that's fun. Right to the right to the league. Yeah. Um, for him. I wonder what happens with Mark McLaughlin. And I, I think Drew Hellison's going to play in Anaheim. McLaughlin's probably joining Matt Philippe in Providence. The list of I Massachusetts-based... Bean pot <laughs> uh, participants who end up stashed hey, in the Bruins a farm. Bean pot champion, though. Oh, yes, that's true. Mark McLaughlin is not. Is it McLaughlin or McLaughlin? I go with McLaughlin. Um, yeah, Vlasic. Uh, good. For also, him. Mike Callahan. Speaking of hockey, he's yes, the ship. that's fun. He was a senior anyway, so was McLaughlin. But Hellison, um, Vlasic early. Yep. And I assume we'll hear more from some of these, you know, bigger teams, the UMass. I mean, yeah, the we can expect Jackson Condelick to sign Ooh. with Nashville once that thing's That's over. Right. That's He's a senior, too, so it's expected. He is so good. Yeah. But, man. Yeah, it's kind of that time of year, like, looking at the, the departures. Will they, won't they? That kind of thing. Yeah. Got some reporting for us, Patrick? Yes. Well, from what we've heard... Mm. Alex Vlasic is expected expected to be the only early departure yes. from BU. And now this is separating. It makes you wonder. Now we're separating church and state here okay. from what we've heard <laughs> and are now reporting to my own educated guesses. Yep. Because we had guests in our conversations sure. with James and Owen in the car from Maine or James and Daniel in the car from Yukon. Quartetiket. Yes, the Quartetiket. And the Bangor 4. Could have been the Hart 4. Um, but <laughs> scrap anyways, man. yeah. Um, we talked cause we had, ge- we, on our own volition, we had guessed that master Simone, Detroit or O'Brien, Philadelphia would have signed as well. Cause master Simone had himself a good year, you know, early mid round pick 
maybe Detroit wants to get him in there. Maybe he wants to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then O'Brien, you look at it from Philadelphia's perspective, given the age, his rather productive seasons on the whole with BU and the BCHL after transferring from Providence and given his kind of unique situation, you'd want to get him into the system as soon as possible, given the age, if you still believe him as a, as a professional prospect. Right. And if from his perspective, he also wants to still do that. But this is now my own complete educated guess reading the tea leaves uh-huh. of if he is among that group to be staying at BU that plays a senior season and goes to free agency. Yeah, which surprise that, re- that, that is surprising that, in a lot of ways. That seems like the most likely outcome out of this. Well, yeah, because like when does the the um, the draft right like when does that expire for him? It would because be August be after next year. After yeah, so you feel like maybe that's something that's in the future for him, which would be very surprising. Like I feel like he has increased his value so much these last two, th- almost I guess three years, if you want to count that BCHL season. Yeah. Like after what looked to be kind of a bust in Providence, he went out to the BCHL and lit it up, and now he's come to BU and he's been a stable, consistent player. Dealt with some struggles being on the ice all the time, but when he's out there, he's been best player on the ice. You know, like he's been dynamic and he's he's done it all. So I don't see why the Flyers yeah. wouldn't want him. Yes, but now this is just me completely guessing, we, guessing we, we've from established. his perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, that that. At least from what we've seen in the past, where you know you're a little surprised that if guys choose not to sign there and they're as productive yeah. as he is, and yeah. just, again, given his unique situation, you know, wants to just completely scrub it clean and so, have his options. Hmm. So you would think, based on your expertise, that this is an example of him deciding I don't want to go, rather than a flyer saying we're not going to offer you something. I guess yes. Interesting. And what is it for Mastro? Because he's been a good well, college he, player. He could be in the he same boat. He was cold at the end of the year, but he had a solid year on the whole. I mean, he could be in the same boat. Because you look at it, um, like, VC choosing not to sign with what was it, Nashville however many times. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. And then he eventually becomes his own free agent. Adam Fox didn't want to sign with Calgary. They trade his rights. He didn't want to sign with Carolina. They trade his rights to the Rangers. Mm. And he just waits till he can sign with the Rangers. Um, McBain could be in the same boat right now. Um, as a senior, it's a little different because um, there's talk of Minnesota maybe using his rights as an asset in a trade, or if he just wants to wait, it's his own right to yeah. to just wait and sign in August. I guess so. Like it's not it's it's not unprecedented at all when there's a player who you, who you expect might sign and they don't, usually becoming a free agent. Right, and then you get open a whole can of worms with those possible like free now, agents. Yeah, I'm trying to like, not open a whole can of worms right now by putting words in other people's mouths. Well, duh. Because this is, again, we, as we've stressed multiple times, this <laughs> okay. is just me galaxy-braining this thinking and thinking out loud. Well, I'll open a slight can of worms because on that topic of... I don't want to get radioed free, or podcasted. Like Mark McLaughlin, like he just signs with the Bruins. Well, he right? was undrafted. He was different. That's what I mean. So like a Wilmer Skoog who had a great year or a Matt Brown who had sparks, sometimes couldn't be on the ice, certainly dealt with family I stuff. I mean, Skoog's going to be in the, great, in the crop of undrafted free agents next whether, year? whether this year or next year. That's what I'm wondering. Is there a chance that one of these really talented but undrafted guys gets even just that, something see, that, from a team, capitalizes on a hot junior year, and see you later? But that's usually more that common out of the to see the undrafted guys wait till their senior year. Um, is Wilmer Skoog... 
Like, is his stock going to be higher than in a year than it is right now? I, I haven't I seen know. any reason to see why Wilmer Skook's stock would drop. I guess that's true. He's been productive every single year yeah. at BU. This year, obviously, a career year. Yep. But you look at it, he comes in as a freshman. If Elite Prospects will load for me. Um, he comes in as a freshman. He has seven points in 17 games. Pretty solid. Last year, eight points in 14 games. Beat the previous total in fewer games. You imagine if he has a full season, he probably reaches about 20 points. Yeah. And so this year, as things keep progressing, 30 points, 15 goals in 35 games. He's completely upward trajectory the whole time. There's no reason to believe that he would have a worse season this year. Maybe an equal season or maybe a little bit of plateau. There's no reason to think he would go down. But is it weird to think that he's the next biggest flight risk after... Uh, certainly Vlasic, and then you just mentioned like Master and O'Brien being the obvious ones potentially. And I feel like Skoog is right next, like right after that. Yeah, and, and we, he's not even drafted. Yeah, and we we also talked about you know it depends on what the Hurricanes would think of Fensori right now or the yeah. Devils with McCarthy after their great seasons. I'm not but really worried about kind of, those. Those are guys you would imagine are staying all four. Yeah, I mean, I think that just it suits them. It suits the teams they're drafted to. Like, yeah. what does Carolina like, need? Car- Carolina Fensori has for? absolutely no rush to get. Dom Fensorian. Yeah. So even even New Jersey with Case McCarthy, like you're you're not really in a position where yep. you need him right now. Not worried about that. Not worried about Luke Tucker, Dylan Peterson. No. After sophomore years, where Peterson, they I were both good, not great. Peterson Tuck I would got start hurt to, in that last yeah, game. That was too bad. Peterson, I would start to wonder next year. Yep. Given the year he had this year. Um. Drew Camesso? Any concern? I mean, you've kind of felt like that's the Ottinger blueprint yes. blueprint since day one, and not the primo. No, I mean, you've seen how well it's worked out for Caden Primo. And not the Spencer Knight. It's worked out pretty well for him. But he's not on that level. Super no, Knight's completely remove him from the equation. But yeah. you've seen how well it worked out for Caden Primo. He can't stick in the NHL right now. And Yeah, goalies are different. They take more time. But Jake Ottinger, kind of in that same class with Primo, obviously like missed each other by or yeah. only one year of overlap between them, I believe. But Primo leaves mm-hmm. as a sophomore. Two years into it, still kind of in limbo. And Ottinger leaves as a junior. Two, three years later, he's claimed the star's crease. He's the guy. Yeah. Is he really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I haven't followed my Dallas Stars hockey that often. Well, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. But it would be pretty nice if it's just this news today that Vlasic's leaving and then we don't hear anything else. Yeah, and plus, like, Chicago is, you know, they're starting. It's full-on rebuild time. I don't imagine why you would want to put a young goalie prospect who has a lot of promise into right. that position. I don't think he would go to the NHL anyways. No. Probably the AHL, but even then, let the kid just play in college. And plus, you know, he's talked about how important a bean pot is to him. He's a local kid. Yep. Didn't get that chance this year. Exactly. Maybe that's part of the O'Brien thing. Maybe it's part of the O'Brien thing, but he won the bean pot this year. He's a local. Oh, yeah. He was, he was there. He was a big factor. He was a big factor. Um, Again, want to separate church and state. We've heard oh, that Vlasic is the only expected departure. Yeah. And my educated guess is was it, about... That's everything that the last two, 10 minutes. Well, yeah. <laughs> everything else. This was last 10 minutes of spe- of pure speculation. That's what we'll call the show, pure speculation. Um, there was a time when you know we were pretty plugged in for early departures. This guy thinks this, this guy thinks that. Well, that was also like in the craziness of the transfer portal last year with the year waived. That's true. Well, so, I mean, that takes us to that a little bit. Is there anything that, like, there aren't really any COVID years, I guess, that anyone can take? And, I mean, I guess 
Tiamonte, but no, says, there's just no. No, they, no. he did senior night. He's, oh, that's so sad. It really is. Man. Um, but that they didn't have any other like natural nope. seniors. Cockrell used year. this COVID year. Cockrell used this COVID year. Campolito, yep, used this oh. COVID year. Everybody else is junior or younger. So Ty Monty had the redshirt year and the COVID year. That's that water's very muddy with the eligibility. Yeah, but like if it's all pretty black and white, which it never is with the NCAA, you would think he had his redshirt the year this year, COVID year next year, which would make him a sixth year player, which doesn't seem doesn't possible. Doesn't make sense for him. Doesn't seem doesn't to make, make sense, sense for anybody. Team. Doesn't make sense for anybody. Yeah. Um. So he had senior day. So I hope he figures it out. Because he yeah, like I, he was a legit NHL like prospect at one point. One of those undrafted guys, Matt. Like he, yes. Matt, he was the Matt Brown blueprint. A little bit. I, I don't wish that slight, upon Matt Brown. Slight, no, no, but slightly <laughs> different styles. Yeah. But undrafted guy, kind of a real spark plug in your lineup with a scoring touch. Yep. Cockrell hmm. and Kaufman, you think they they both fit the AHL mold? Yeah. Right. I think they'll get minor league deals because Kaufman's undrafted. Cockrell is a, was he a lost late his, round pick to the Islanders. But when his draft rights have expired by now? No, the draft rights last they, until August for college players after their senior year. All right. I think they'll both go on and have solid AHL. Yeah, I mean, I kind of see no reason why the Islanders wouldn't give him a contract unless, again, he wants to do his own thing. Yeah. Man, we're it's it's hard to know how how much further you go with this. Like, because I was thinking, like, oh, Cockerell, a captain. Who's the captains next year? Because it's certainly not Vlasic. Hey, what our, well, our, in our extensive conversations on the car rides, we said Vlasic is the guy if he stays. Is this one to save for another I episode? I think it is one to stay. One to, yeah, one to one name to hold think about. Just, just think about the name Don Fensori. Think about, Don the, name, think about the name Joe O'Brien. Think about the name Tom Fensori. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Just, just, we'll, we'll get more in depth on that one later. When Players choose when the all, captains, correct? It's a vote. Ooh. Player vote. I believe that's true. Huh. Well, once all the, the dust settles, shall we say, then we'll we'll circle back to that one. Circle back to a lot of end-of-season topics, but we're kind of just dipping the toe in the water here on some of the most topical ones. Um, ooh, Hockey East uh, end-of-season awards. Two members of the second All-Star team. Wilmer uh, Skoog. Yep. And Dom Fensori. Yeah, Ty Gallagher, All Rookie Team. Alex Vlasic, an honorable mention All Star. Um, it, I mean, it's it's a fourth team. I mean, everybody's making the team these days. Um, See, I don't understand this. We have three defensemen on the third team All Stars, and we have two forwards on the honorable mentions. And only two defensemen. So it's like it's not really a team. It, yeah, it's like it doesn't doesn't. It's make like a whole we're tiering the best players. It really is. I don't I don't get it. Don't like it. I'm a bit surprised that. It's just Dom and Skoog, but I think like Brown and O'Brien, the mark against them is the lack of availability at times. Like just didn't weren't available the whole season. So maybe yep. that hurts them. That's kind of the same case for uh for Drew Hellison not getting anything. Not even an honorable mention. Jack St. Ivan, he was a third team all star. I don't think Drew Hellison had the most exceptional year at BC. Uh-huh. I guess it's like separating the good year and the good player. Yes. Because Hellison's a better player than St. Ivany. Yes, but, but St. Ivany had the better year. I guess that's true. Yeah. And and that's one of the more intricate or interesting intricacies of sports. Ooh. How there can be a better player, Drew Hellison, but someone can have a better individual season. But then again, that's relative to their expectations. Darian Hansen. Who would have thunk it? 
Darren like, Hansen. If he goes out and wins hockey's tournament MVP this weekend, is anyone going to be surprised? No. That's nuts to me. Darren Hansen. Tell me about him. I remember Freshman when we were like, at Union. don't worry about UConn. They don't have too much of a mosh. Freshman Didn't season Didn't matter. At Union. This guy's better. Well, we were like, Hansen's fine because we looked at his numbers coming out of Union. He's fine. Is he better than Vomachka? I don't know. Apparently. But 908 save percentage, 232 goals against his freshman year. 919, 233 sophomore year. 910, 279 his junior year. Now, remember, he had an entire year off because Union didn't play. Oh, my gosh. That's right. And now he's come back with the best season of his career, 921 save percentage, 229 goals against, the lowest of his career. Jeez. 19 wins the most of his career. Yeah. I believe he got his, uh, he had the, a shutout, which um, he's had five previous, or seven previous, math. That was the best season of his career. Two assists. Yeah. He's got assists. I mean, like, he never had points with, with Union. UConn has brought it all together. Like, it, it just in terms of still having that top forward talent, you know, Johnny Evans hasn't been the player he was in previous years. He did just score the game-winning goal against BU, of course. Had a good oh, game, too. Of course he did. Remember, he was he Johnny Evans. Yeah. So, like, they even if their stars haven't been as bright as in the past, like, Kondalik obviously is still great. First off coming but, into his own. Yep, they've figured out the defense. Carter Turnbull. I mean, it's all together there. So, I want to ask you, your picks for this weekend, we'll start with that first game, Husky Battle. We saw it play out a couple weeks ago. UConn and Northeastern. Does Devin Levi make 70 saves this time? Does Devin Levi make 100 saves? It depends who you ask at Northeastern. Because apparently Jerry Keefe thinks he had more than 60 in that game. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I mean, I'm, this we is completely on. heart picks. Move on. I'm picking UConn. I'm picking UMass Lowell. One, <laughs> one. I think it's no secret my disdain for Northeastern. <laughs> okay. And yep. UMass Lowell. It's not that I dislike <laughs> UMass. UMass Amherst. That is. I don't. I don't dislike UMass Amherst. Right, I just want. So, I just want something different. All right. And UMass is probably safe to make the national tournament. They're, probably. I don't. No, really... no. Yeah. If if they got bounced on Saturday, it would be dicey. But they're in. Yeah. They're in. I think so. I just don't know how Northeastern loses, which is so sad. But the way they just manhandled you, Darren Hanson and Devin Levi at the height of their powers, two very different heights. It's like six <laughs> feet. It's like six feet versus five eleven. Yeah, one feels like a midget. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah, UConn just got destroyed by Northeastern two weekends ago in a series. But maybe I mean, BU beat UConn in both regular season games in Hartford, and it didn't matter. So maybe that's that's your hope for the Huskies of UConn. I'm certainly rooting for them. I want them to go all the way. It's like one of those things where, like, A, of course you want the team that beat you to go all the way because you're like, lost to the champ. You're like, what do you want us to do? Yeah. But also, it's just like, it's fun. UConn has never won a hockey tournament game. It'd be a great story. So It's that's like St. Cloud last year. It is exactly, yes. It's exactly like St. Cloud last year. I like that a lot. So I'm rooting for UConn. How oh, I the just field. a complete heel turn on St. Cloud. You mess slowly, you just have to respect it. Like, yeah. We, How I did mean, Norm it, Bazin not win Coach of the Year? It's a team that has annoyed us in the past, but at this point, you just got to just join them. How gotta, did gotta Norm apply Bazin it. not win Coach of the Year? End of season Hockey Jer- East final awards. Jerry Keefe, Coach of the Year. Show me a good coach, I'll show you a good goalie. So I didn't understand that. Can you, can you slow that one down for me? If you show me a good coach... I will show you a good goalie. So does a good coach make a good goalie? No, a good goalie makes a good coach. I think it goes both ways. I don't think Devin Levi has 10 flipping shutouts, if not for Jerry Keefe slash Northeastern's defensive abilities. No, but that's also because Jerry Keefe inherited a good team. That's true. 
Jerry Keefe inherited a good team. We thought team. they'd take Norm a step back, Norm Basin had nothing. They took a step forward. We thought they'd take a step back. So I think Keefe certainly deserves credit, but not as much as Norm. But, and it's typically, you know, everyone's praising Gerard Gallant with the Rangers right now, and Igor Shosturkin's in the freaking heart conversation as a goaltender. Show me a good coach. I'll show you a good goalie. I guess so. Bruce Cassidy wins coach of the year. Tuka Rask was a Vezina finalist. Yeah. Makes sense. So Devin Levi did win hockey. John, John Cooper in Tampa Bay, Andre Vasilevsky is just unconscious every single year in the playoffs. Aside from that Columbus yeah. series. Like Le- it, it goes hand in hand. Show me a good coach. I'll show you a good goalie. Levi was freshman <laughs> rookie of the year. Rookie rookie of the year did not play due to injury. <laughs> I don't know if I like that. Sophomore no. of the year, yeah. Devin Levi. R- rookie who did not play due to injury of the year. He is certainly goalie of the year. And yes. that that one's that's easily uh, because he was the hockey's first team goaltender. So I think I like that like one better. Northeastern than Northeastern could have had rookie of the year in Ritzkovian and yeah, plenty of candidates for rookie Scott game. Morrow could have won it. Yep, Bobby Trevino though, player of the year. Yeah, I like that, was, that. I like that too. Thank God like it wasn't Levi. That guy, like he is the college hockey star, like personified. He is gonna like, have teams lining up for his services. Undrafted. Is it a five-year career now? Is this his COVID year, or is he a natural? I think he's a fourth natural year senior? senior. I think either way, like lighting it up after early in his career, if you remember back to then, like the Kale McCarg days, he was kind of just like the bulldog, like energy guy, spark plug, and now he's, he's one of the top the scorers. Guy. He is the top scorer in the conference. Like, I mean, he's what you want. That is coming, what you coming want. out party was really last year's playoffs too. Yeah, he so, had a good year all year last year, but really, you know. Put an exclamation point in the playoffs and the national championship game. Yep. So those are your three major award winners. Jerry Keefe, coach of the year. Devin Levi, rookie asterisk of the of the year. Rookie who did not play due to injury of the year. <laughs> and uh, and Bobby Trevino, player of the year. I like it for the most part. Um, Norm Basin was robbed. Norm was robbed. I want to learn more about Lowell as a whole. It's tough to say Scott Borek, too, just because Merrimack finished sixth. But he also, I mean... I don't know. I think both of those guys before Keefe. Lowell had as many players mentioned in their Hockey East All-Stars as BU did, if you count the honorable mentions. Like three for each. Owen Savory, Andre Lee, Carl Berglund. Second team and then third team. Going into the year, we were like, who else besides Andre Lee and Carl Berglund is going to do anything here? Yeah. If having three All-Stars isn't enough to tell you that the coach is doing something awesome, I don't know what to tell you. I am How many not, did Northeastern have? I am not a Norm Bazin defender by any no, means. No, neither am I. But it just seems natural. Northeastern had three first-team All-Stars. Levi, Harris, McDonough. Um, show me a good coach. I'll show you a good franchise actually, center, a good franchise <laughs> defenseman, it. or franchise for college. Yeah. Three first-team, though. Wow, that was it. They didn't have any on the second team, third team, or honorable. They just, they what just about all-rookie? Ritzkovian had to have been there. Um, All-rookie team. Levi-ish, <laughs> Morrow, Gallagher, Ryan Ufko, David Brazil, Matt Krasa, Riskovian, and Jack Hughes. Not yeah. to be confused with Jack Hughes. Jordan Harris, the best defensive defenseman. Yakim Kondalik, best defensive forward. So was there a different... Presented by Gladiator Custom Mouthguards. <laughs> was there a different best defenseman award? Best defensive defenseman, Jordan Harris. But was there another best oh, defenseman defenseman, defenseman of the year? No. Why are we calling it best defensive defenseman? Just call it best defenseman and best defensive forward. 
It doesn't make any sense. Best outright defenseman? Like probably goes to Scott Morrow. Um, probably goes to Tom Fensori. No, I think he led the conference in scoring from defense. Well, yeah, that's if you look at it. If best defenseman is just the scoring competition, that's what we've said in previous the, years. It which usually the, is the Norris can be at, at times. Yeah. in the NHL. Yep. Yeah, there's there's a couple different ways you can go with who should have won best defenseman. Well, that's all that. Fensori, Morrow, Kessel, Hugh, uh, Harris. Um, St. Ivany. We t- <laughs> totally we ignored the Women's Hockey East Player of the Year and all that. I mean, it's just Aaron Frankel, Alina Mueller, Maureen Murphy. No. Oh, it was Teresa, Teresa Shavsal. You're, Shavsal. Right. You're right. right. Coach of the Year, Jim Plumer. I love that. Uh, rookie of the Year, was that Skylar Irving? Or uh, Blanken. I'm blanking and I can't find it. I don't know. I'm panicking. I don't know. I, don't know. I am lost. I don't know. You don't? You're leaving me out here on this. I, I mean, really, I generally, I legitimately have no idea who won rookie of the year on the women's. This side. is the challenging thing that I, I kind of just tuned out after BU lost. <laughs> I mean, that's what we've kind of done on this show. So that's why I'm trying to give them just a little bit of credit. I I mainly turned out just because it's going to be Northeastern versus the field and Vermont Shoffsell, hockey's player of the year. Oh, here we go, Abby Newhook. Rookie of the oh, year. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. So no Northeastern. The better, the better new hook. On the entire like, postseason awards. I, I mean, love it. They ended up just fine. They had three first-team All-Stars. Frankel, obviously, goalie of the year. Fontaine, Maureen Murphy, joined by Maude Pauline LaBelle. Teresa Schaff's also two UVM there. And Hannah Vilka also. Yes, she had a very good year. Um, we also ignored this because there were no Terriers included on the uh, <laughs> on any... Postseason awards, right? No, there weren't. Zero. I mean, oh wait, Kelly Shanahan made the rookie team. Yes, she did. That was it. Then no wonder we blocked that out. Man, tough couple weeks around BU athletics. Real tough week. <laughs> Men's basketball goes out heartbreaking to Navy in yep. the semifinals. Over time. Women's basketball just completely flatlines against American. Yeah. Yep. Women's lacrosse has struggled. Men's lacrosse is a wagon. Um, softball should still be good. Um, they're playing good teams right now, though, in different showcases. But Softball home opener week from tonight. Ooh. Or this afternoon. Going to be there? I don't know. There you go. You should. Maybe it's the second game. Bring I have class old, during the first game. Neil camera. Come on down. Well, we've cracked 50 minutes. Um, yeah. We didn't talk anything about national tournament because I don't care. That's a next week thing. Right? National College Hockey, any news? Yeah, I mean, we have the Women's Frozen Four coming up. It's Northeastern. Ooh, that's right. Ohio State. Yep. And they beat Quinnipiac. Uh, Kareem Schroeder. Schroeder. Talk oh, about a tough moly. week for athletics. Kareem Schroeder make, just setting records with like a 72-save performance and an overtime loss for Quinnipiac. Yeah. Finalist for goaltender of the year. Even games that BU does not compete in, we still end up losing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we're winning. you got to be happy for Schroeder. Best goaltender in your program's history on the women's side. Yep. Um, in my unbiased opinion. I would agree. Certainly leads in goals against save percentage record. So the five seed Yale upset Colgate 2-1. So they'll play Ohio State in the first game. Oh, no, the second game. And then Northeastern plays Minnesota Duluth, who upset second seed Minnesota. So right now the, the, the frozen four is Ohio State, Yale, Northeastern, Minnesota Duluth. I like Yale 
Although Ohio State's freaking wagon too. Ohio State first seed. Best yeah. team in the league. Best team in the, the country. Yale's been really good though. Um, that would be a very nice, very friendly upset. Ohio State over Northeastern. Northeastern in the national championship. Wow. Heartbreak year two? Yeah. Because Northeastern just got rid of those demons. They just beat Wisconsin 4-2. Oh, yeah, that player. So sorry for um, you, that player. Uh, womp, Daryl womp. Watts. I don't know what Frankel's just, saying there. Just, you were in out of position, Aaron. She it wasn't. Was a, there was, was no position to be in. It was a, just a bounce. It There's hit. nothing you can do. You hit your defender one in. There's just you don't need to complain about. There's it. There's not anything you can do. I don't think that player was trying to do that. Well, of course she was. She was trying to pass to the slot so they can one time it by you, Aaron. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she, was trying to do, she was trying to run the NHL G's on you. Yep. And she did, in a different way. Unbelievable that like the biggest beef <laughs> we have with Daryl Watts, and I have no idea about her transfer from BC. I mean, we were freshmen at the time. We had no idea. Um, so like, who knows if there's even any bad blood there? But the most bad blood for Daryl Watson Hockey East is from Aaron Frankel. Give me a break. Yeah, that's kind of funny. That's just how irrelevant BC has become on the national stage for women's hockey. Had to squeeze in a little BC. BC slander. I mean, that wasn't really a shot at BC. It was more just a just facts. Uh, just a general comment that it is odd that Aaron Frankel. I mean, there's not, literally nothing you could have do, done about it. I understand if it keeps you up at night because it's out. It, again, it was out of your control, even yeah. though it was kind of in your control. Um, one of those weird situations. But it was a fun key bounce. It happens. Yep. Well, just, It's just unfortunate it was an overtime of a national championship. I'm sorry for you, Aaron. but They'll have a chance to make up for it. Yeah. You beat them. I hope they do it. You do? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have anything against Con- Northeastern women's team other than pride. they're just too good. That's the whole thing. It's just annoying. It's just them every single year. It's just not fun. But get yeah. your national championship, then the whole band can, and then you can disband and finally yeah. get some parity. Exactly. Back That's what I'm saying. Plus, it's, it's conference pride, local team. Yeah. Fine. Fine. All right. Fine. Well, we'll be back with more North next Eastern week. Northeastern over Yale. <laughs> Northeastern over Yale. I love it. Um, so next week, we'll have obviously the debrief on the Hockey East Conference, uh, men's conference. Semifinals and finals this weekend. We'll be there, so check out our coverage there. Patrick's going to do the plugs. Don't worry. I won't, I won't steal the plug. Thunder. Um, we'll also probably talk about that Women's Frozen Four, how that wraps up. We'll probably do a little bit more in-depth on both teams. Both teams. We'll figure that out. Yeah. But definitely, we will continue the... Season in review. Yeah, I like that. That might be the title. Even though we it's certainly did lame. a lot of that today. We did, we did kind of the most, um, most relevant, the most... Time sensitive. Yeah. Of that. 54 minutes. I think that's enough. Okay. Well, I'm on Twitter at Patton12. Brady's on Twitter at Brady D. Gardner. WT <laughs> Sports. Gonna, Patrick's going to go on Twitter right now and try to concoct the same news that he shared on this podcast. No, 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 no. I, I don't have to write out my educated guesses about it. Oh, Brian. okay. I, but I also, I just really wanted to, you know, separate. It's important to do separate what is easier to do that in text what is reporting and what is completely hearsay from yeah. us yep um well i look forward to seeing how you do it well i'm probably not going to bring the hearsay onto twitter um <laughs> it's, it's easier to just speak straight hearsay on a podcast yes. but also harder to separate it from reports yep. or reporting um but anyways wtb sports is at wtb sports the site is sites.bu.edu slash wtbu slash sports bang lacrosse and softball coverage picking up check it out on to the next one spring sports yes thank you for listening 
and we will see you next time.